Hello, this is Pastor Teacher Dr. James Sudduff. Welcome to Christian Fellowship Church. This is Real Talk Weekend. And you know, always, I want you to be encouraged and be blessed. I want to talk about uh, this weekend. It's going to probably be short. I don't know how long it's going to be, actually. What happens when we go through testing? What happens when there's things that come our way that we don't expect? And again, I'm not necessarily talking about sin. But I see in the body of Christ, we really don't handle the trials of life very well. We don't understand that there's a law that men all over the world will go through testings and times and tribulations. Not based upon sin, but just based upon, and I mean individual sin, but just based upon that initial sin from Adam. Or, not for sin purposes of redemption, but to build our character. And that's where we have a problem. We have a problem when we don't know that we're being tested. It's almost like a pop quiz. Life is like a pop quiz. Just when you think you've learned everything and your teacher told you you did a real good job, then they go back and give you a test on it and then you find out you don't know as much as you think. Well, that's the same thing with this. In James chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it talks about uh, this uh, counted all as joy when you fall into uh, diverse, many different kinds of testings. And this testing builds up your faith and produces steadfastness and so on and so forth. But it's in the testing that we have a problem. We want to reach a point to where we're not going to be tested anymore. That there's not going to be any more trials. Everything is on easy street. And I, I don't know if we preach that from the pulpit or the trial, the last trial that we had was so arduous that we just don't want to go through another one. But we're not looking at it in the right perspective. If you've been tested and you have survived the test, there was also a blessing that came from it. And there is also a blesser of the blessing. And if, if Jesus has blessed you, in the test, during the test, through the test, coming out of the test, I would think that you would be more focused on the fact that testing builds this character in you, this patience in you, this strength in you that other people are noticing. I would think that you would focus on how much you've matured because of your testing. There's one thing I say, and I know it's not coined by me, but a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. It is the testing of your faith, not in each other, not in, in, in any sermon or any religion or any denomination or even in your job or even in your intellect or your educational or social status. It's the testing of your faith in the promises of God. And I see that we as the body of Christ spend more time trying to feel our way through this versus trying to understand the promises of God in their proper time. There are some promises of God that cannot come about until you're tested. Simply put, why put riches into a hand of a child who doesn't understand how to pay their bills? You want to win the lottery? That's something for nothing. And you'll say, God, I'll do all this for you if you win the lottery. 
but God knows how you've been giving when you had ten dollars. Me and my friend uh, Minister Butcher were talking about that that the, that a person who gives gives regardless. It's not the amount of money that they have at any given time. If they see the need, they'll give. But when you say, "Well, once I get this, or if I get this, I'll give," uh, come to find out, when people normally get that to say that, they don't give. Giving is a character, a character of God. God so loved the world, He gave. It's only begotten son. So in giving, there was no requirement. There was no buildup. There was no amount. He said he gave his best. Well, if your best is $10, let, let me add, let me pose this to you. In my wallet right now, there's $10. And let's say, I don't know where the next $10 comes, is going to come from, but I trust God. Because God put that 10 in my wallet. And I came across someone who needed it. Do I break the 10 down and give them one or two? Do I play the 10th game that I got 10? I'll give them one, a tithe. Or if I figure they need it, if I come to the conclusion in my conscience, in my heart, they need it. Could I give them the whole 10? I want you to think about that. And if you're not giving when you have 10, do you really think you're going to give when you have 100, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000? No. Normally those who think like that, they're going to try to hold on to it as long as they can. So I pose to you, when you're tested, God is trying to build character in you. The patience, the steadfastness, the endurance. And there's, again, there's only certain blessings and promises of God that can come after you've been tested. You can want them all day, but God is a highly intelligent God and he knows you better than he knows yourself. And he's not going to put into your hands something that you're not prepared to handle. He can't put that promise in your hand until you're ready. To show you in the Old Testament, the Israelites could not go into the promised land until they spent 40 years in the wilderness being prepared, chastened by God. There is a testing time that's supposed to be a building time that's supposed to be a discovering time. There should be a discovering time, not only discovering who God is, but discovering who you are. The reason why God inspired me to name our ministry, Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church, or Walk in Truth Ministries. I think that we grow from the fact we come to God uh, fully exposed and naked, meaning that I understand that God sees me as I truly am. And God wants me to come to him in the way that I perceive that he sees me, meaning that there's no reason for hiding back who I am from God, where I may hide that from people, but I don't need to hide that from God. So if I messed up, tore up, uh, uh, disgruntled, liar, cheater, fornicator, homosexual, all of that, okay, all of that sinful stuff, and even stuff that's not so sinful, I come to God how I am. And even your parents told you, if you tell me the truth, I can work with you. If you tell me a lie, it's hard for me to work with you. Even attorneys say that, that, that I need to know everything before I go before the judge. Let me determine what to say and what not to say. Well, God is saying, you need to come to me like that. 
Sometimes you're being tested. How much truth are you willing to let God know? And I'm saying when I say let God know, he already knows. But how much of you are you willing to trust God with? How much of you are you willing to trust God with? Do you over promise and underperform? Why do you always jump in and say, I will, when your heart really says I won't? I think about Ananias and Sapphira. Their issue, their issue was they jumped on the bandwagon and saw everybody else doing something that was good and godly and honorable. But they thought if I jump on the bandwagon and do the same thing, but hold back and just give a little bit, I'm doing the same thing. No. And when they were found out, both of them lied and both of them died. God said, you can't fool me. And, and, and Peter told them, it was yours. All they had to do was come in and tell the truth. It will spared their life. At the point of questioning, I didn't give it all. I held back some. Okay. It was yours to do what you wanted. You changed your mind. God allows you sometimes to change your mind based upon your growth and maturity. You overpromise and underperform. You talk too much. So that's why he tells us, let our yes be yes and our no be no. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. There's a maturity level that comes when a saint talks. It should be as solid as concrete and as hard as steel. But it's only through the testing of your faith. Not the word of faith, faith as faith is a container of energy, but your faith in Jesus. Jesus is the rock to which we stand. We are anchored in his gospel. And when we're anchored in his gospel, we're guaranteed to have trials, tribulations, testings, uh, uh, all sorts of things will come our way. But we have a solid foundation to which we stand on. And it's one of those things like a super glue. The longer we stay, the harder it gets. The tougher we get, the longer we stay. And we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of new idea and doctrines that come along by man. We won't be uh, misled into philosophies of demons. We won't be trying to do gimmicks to get people to come to church. Every day, somebody is trying to do something that's gimmicky, to be relevant to the people who really don't want to come to church no way. I I don't understand that. I don't knock uh, anybody for their ministry as far as what they do. But really, flying around the church and again, those who are popular applaud that because now they're like, well, if he flew around the church, maybe I'll do something because because we can see his strings, but I can I can rig it up to where you can't see my strings and you think I'm flying. Angel dust coming out of the rafters, mood altering colors coming on the back screen of the pastor. These are gimmicks. This is appealing to your flesh. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It, it appeals to your flesh. It has nothing to do with the spirit. 
And, and, and there, there's the challenge of the testing. Do you know the difference when you're in your flesh and when you're in the spirit? Because the two are, the one and the other are counterintuitive. They are opposed to each other. So one of the tests to test your faith is get out of your feelings and get into the promises of God. So how do you do that? You study what they are. You handle your testing. You don't jump ship every time somebody makes you upset. Because you didn't get what you wanted in flesh, in the flesh, and then they call it church abuse. I, you know, there is church abuse, don't get me wrong. But man, what I've seen lately is nothing but rebellious children, little children, wanting it their way all the time. And when they don't get their way, they run away. And they normally run away to somewhere where they have no accountability. Because that's what unfaithful people do. They don't want to be tested with, with accountability, responsibility, commitment, sacrifice, submission. They want to go somewhere where they can hide and just sit there and smile and clap and just participate at a level and pay. Maybe, maybe not. But if they don't, they don't feel the necessity to pay because guess what? There's a whole bunch of people in this room. They're probably paying, but I get to enjoy it and they won't know that I didn't pay. The church will always have its problem because the church is full of people. The church is full of sinners. Or ex-sinners, depending on how you want to look at it. But the people in the world are people in the church. The difference between the people in the world and the people in the church, we have a plan of maturity that comes through faith that they don't have. The church, we have, we, we, we have a plan of, of reconciliation. We have a plan of redemption. We have, a, we have a plan that puts us in right relationship with God when we fall short. It's called repentance. One repents to be saved. One repents because they're saved. So God gives us all these gifts that we can use through our testing that will help give us strength and help us mature and help us withstand. I'm going to tell you what I've learned so far this year. This is one of the biggest lessons I learned this year. Even though God may inform you in the spirit through discernment of dealing with people, what's going to happen, how they're going to respond. Sometimes you just need to sit back and let it unravel and be there to catch the pieces. That person has to go through that. And what God is saying to the leader is, one, you protect the rest of the flock from whatever they're going through that may be detrimental to the flock, but also be there to pick up the pieces as if they don't have the faith and endurance in the right person that you'll be there to guide them but you don't remove them from their testing a lot of times we spend a lot of time in church trying to be removed 
for what God wants to use to make us mature, stronger, and the way he wants to go about blessing us. What if I told you that all that you wanted in Christ is embodied in your next test? What if I told you that some of the material things that you want out of life will come when you endure, just listen, your next test? But see, he doesn't give us that. What he gives us is his promises and what we have to figure, his promises got to be at the end of the testing. But you don't know which test is going to be the one who gives you the promise. And you can't look at me and say, well, you gave him the promise when this happened with him. And I did the same thing and passed the test too. And you didn't give it to me. He know the recesses of your heart. He knows how mature you are. Just because we go through the same thing at the same time don't mean we necessarily handle it in the same way, even though it may look like it. There's a way that seems right unto a man. See, when you're going through testing at the same time as a congregation, it seems as if everybody's handling the test the same way, but that's not true. All you got to do is look around. The road get tough. And they don't understand. They want to jump ship, change direction and all of that. And a lot of times they think they're being led by God. But when God is just testing them. And if God can't test you to be solid, strong and better withstand some stuff. Why do you expect him to bless you with all this other stuff that you say you want? Why? There's a common grace given to all men. But there's some graces that will only come. Some blessings that will only come. Some mercies that will only come. Excuse me, through your testing. So I want you to consider this. Ask yourself the question What happens in my mind when I'm realize that I'm being tested? And start praying to God. And asking him to renew my mind so that when I'm being tested, I don't charge it off to some emotional thing. I charge it off to James chapter one. That I'm being tested so I can become more mature. And I'm telling you, that's the only way you're going to be able to count it all as joy. When you recognize that you're being tested. And that's the sign of maturity. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to pronounce it out in church. See, that's another thing. You don't have to say anything. We see that you're being tested. Somebody else sees that you're being tested. They might not say nothing to you. Your children are are a great example. They're watching how you handle stuff. Your husband, your wife, your coworkers. they They might not say anything, but they're watching. You come in one day talking one way. You come in the next day talking another way. But you're supposed to be a child of God. You're supposed to be able to handle the test. You'll bless someone just as well as you curse someone. Sweet and bitter comes from the same fountain. You have conflicting personalities, almost like you're schizophrenic. And I'm not talking about clinical schizophrenic, I'm talking spiritually schizophrenic. 
normally those who are spiritually schizophrenic, they try to meld the two together to fit their their their, their diagnosis of being spiritually uh, schizophrenic. So you're testing. What goes through my mind when I'm being tested? Is my whole point what when I'm being tested is that I want to get out? I think about when I was playing football and the things we used to do that I thought was quite ridiculous. Quite ridiculous. And how I did not look forward to certain things. For instance, running a hundred yard sprints after practice for time. I thought that was useless, painful, and it didn't necessarily make me a better football player. But why did the coach, the one who put the test on us as a team, do that? So that we would never get tired in the game. But I couldn't see it then. But I could take advantage of what I couldn't see because I, I, I did have faith in the leadership. I didn't understand, but I obeyed. I want you to hear that. I did not understand, but I obeyed. I obeyed. Obedience is better, right? I obeyed to the point that when the revelation came, I understood the test. And then from that point on, I looked at life as a series of tests that need to be obeyed, passed, and gone through because the revelation in just my everyday life would come once I hung in there and, and endured the test. And it was always better than what I went through, no matter how bad I thought it was at the time. The fact that I never got tired, that was a blessing. You can stay in all, you can stay in the whole game. Same thing with lifting weights. It seems so long ago, one day I was benching in my 20s, you know, 315. And by the time I was 21, I was benching 500. Well, there was a lot of pain in the gym to get to that point. But it was worth it when I first, when I competed in my first uh, bench press contest and came in third. Didn't do it. Didn't do it no more. But competed. It was worth it. The prize was that if I put my mind to it and hang in there, and endure with steadfast endurance, and, and handle the training during the test and the maturing during the test, then there would be a benefit at the end. I think it's 103 and 2 Psalms where it talks about you know not forgetting the benefits of the Lord well let me not get so involved in the testing that I forget that there's a benefit once I get through so these are some of the things I want you to think about this weekend please feel free to contact me at w-i-t-m-i-n at yahoo.com you can also contact me at Walk with Truth Christian Fellowship on Facebook. You could befriend and follow James Sutton II on Facebook. Um, 
Continue to listen to our daily podcast, One Minute Encouraging Word, and our Real Talk Weekend. But I want you to enjoy your weekend, and I want you to think about your testing. And like always, this is Dr. James Sutton of Walking True Christian Fellowship Church. I want you to be encouraged and be blessed and learn to mature yourself in your testing. Peace.